Thank you, man. It's been a, it's been a pretty good year. Ooh, all right. Brian, heroin act, alcoholic. I like crystal meth too. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. Um, yeah, we got a unique situation here tonight. Nick is actually my sponsee. We're both taking a year on the same day. I'll tell you how that went. Um, really quickly, we were, I was in this meeting, right? It was this meeting like, I don't know, nine months ago. And, you know, I had relapsed last April and uh, ended up in the emergency room uh, for the first time. But like, I'll just, we'll go back to that. But real quickly about this, like a little full moon here, like solar eclipse, you know, sponsee, sponsor. And, and I'm sharing it not for like, oh, hey, yeah, I did a great job. This is why I needed this is what I needed, you know, at the time, you know, I had always operated under this like preconceived notion that, um, you know, I gotta get a year before I sponsor anyone or, or cause I've had time before, you know, I've had a four year stretch. I've had an 18 month stretch. Um, now we're back at a year and, and I never even thought about sponsoring guys until that one year mark. I was like, no one's going to take me seriously. You know, it was like a credibility thing. And this time around, um, the sponsor that I have now, once uh, I got out of the hospital, I was in IOP this last time and I had a lot of time, you know, to, I was collecting disability, which is great. I just found out about that this year. Apparently I've been paying into it for 10 years, $70,000 disability ready to go. So I was just sitting back collecting disability and um, mooching off the government. Don't tell anyone. And I had a lot of time to meet my sponsor and he was willing to meet, you know, as many times as I was willing to meet him. And, you know, we, we ripped through the steps. We would mean like three times a week at first. Cause I was at a point where I almost just died, you know, April 27th last year, a year ago, you know, I wake up uh, in the ER mission, you know, I overdosed. It was a combination of heroin and pot brownies. Um, which was weird. Cause it wasn't like one of those traditional ODs where you're like, you shoot up and you're like foaming and they hit you with the Narcan you're back to life. Like I, like my girlfriend found me. And I was like passed out. I ended up going to a detox and they were like, yeah, he's not like breathing correctly. He's not breathing for like minutes at a time. So they had to have the ambulance come and they narcan me. All right. But it took a while. Cause I had eaten like 2000 milligrams of THC brownies. Yeah. I wasn't doing good. Um, so it took a while. It took like eight hours to come out of it, but I woke up and people were like in my face and stuff. It was scary. And they had that before you. Know, I'm a, I'm a white kid from Southern Connecticut, you know, I fucking grew up Boston whalers and pink fucking sweaters and shit, you know, like great Gatsby right across from Long Island. It was, it was like a pretty, you know, not rich, but it was a pretty privileged existence. You know, I didn't even do any drugs until, you know, I was like 24, 25 years old. Um, it's pretty sheltered, I guess you could say. Uh, and that lends credence to the fact that like it's it is a combination of nature and nurture you know like just because my mom kept me from smoking cigarettes until i went to college you know doesn't mean i'd end up like a goddamn worthless junkie <laughs> so but you know so i come out of the hospital and you know pissed i'm, I'm pissed i'm sad I'm, i just turned 37 so i was 30 i had just turned 36 and i was like this blows my life sucks it's like why am i doing this you know i have a nice girl um she was mad at me for like a year. She still is kind of mad at me, but we're, we're doing all right. You know, I got kids, family, you know, mom, dad, brothers and shit. And uh, I was like, why, why can't I, I don't even want to use drugs. You know, you guys have that feeling, especially the heroin, especially the heroin out here sucks. Jesus Christ. I grew up on the East coast, right? So you have that powder shit. 
could do that on the go, you know, a little straw, boom, done. Out here, you got to get the whole kid out, boil that fucking gross-ass tart, and then you don't know what's in it these days, fentanyl. But, you know, how many times have you guys had that feeling where you're ready, ready to shoot up and you're just like, I don't want to do this. And you're, I, I would cry. I'd be like, this fucking sucks. And, you know, you always have that. Nick mentioned to it, you know, he was chasing that first high. They all chasing the dragon, whatever it is. Your brain literally is chasing the anticipation of that high, right? That's all it cares about. Your limbic system doesn't give a shit about you. All it cares about is reward, 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 reward. And it thinks it's going to be that huge reward that you had at first. You know, and it's not responsible for personality, has no memory. Your limbic system's like the Terminator. You know, it's just exists for pleasure and that's it and based on the amount of dopamine released your limbic system ranks that as the important events um before i get into that what was i saying um anyway i had i was just not happy where my life was i want to finish up the story about you and i'll get into the other bullshit so i'm doing the steps i meet my sponsor now uh, i'm driving home from detox i just 12 days in detox and i'm driving home and I, i've got iop in the morning because i've been in like 15 treatment centers and jail and shit i'm not going to another residential right so i talked my way out of that my mom wasn't around this time i'm big boy I make my own decisions but i had to go to like 60 days of iop at uh in costa mesa and show up every day i'm driving home and i'm just crying i feel like shit i'm all skinny you know and i'm i'm just screaming at the top of my lungs out the window and like i'm at like the five here at pico and people are looking at me, you know, and I'm just like screaming, I'm crying. And I'm like, fuck this. Fuck you, God, you fucking son of a bitch. I was like, I've always tried real hard. Why can't you just do this? This is, you know, just, just kill me that, you know, like I'm not going to shoot myself or take pills or anything painful. So just like, can you just zap me, you know, can't just go to bed and not wake up and I was serious. And then, so I'm like, either do something like that or, or let me do something to fix it for real you know and and i pull up to this apartment that i had rented after and uh, my sponsor now is his car's outside and i'm just like standing by it I'm like, what the fuck is going on here and so he walks out he's getting like a haircut next door and you know i'm standing there and got my sunglasses on i'm crying down and he sees the tears come down and he goes, he goes how you doing and he gets closer he's like yep oh, all right get in the car <laughs> you know and uh we ended up going and, and, you know, working the first step, you know, right then and there. And then we met and I fired through them steps and I had like 70 days or 80 days or something. And he's like, all right, hey, time to sponsor some guys. I'm like, no one's going to listen to me. He's like, do you want to die? He's like, you've been in recovery for a long time anyway, but even if not, like, this is serious. You almost just died. People are dying. Or a kid I used to know and just died today, this morning. And I was like, no, I don't want to die. He's like, so didn't you just agree that, you know, we're going to do this. God is everything or he's nothing. You're going to do this or not. It's not a la carte. I was like, fine, whatever. What could, what can it hurt? And so like, I put my hand up and then Nick's like, yo, I need a sponsor. Was this before you dyed your hair? Yeah. Yeah. It looks better now. And uh, <laughs> I didn't tell him how many days I had. Right. Cause I just, we just met, we met and he was like me. He kept calling me. He's like, yo, can we meet every week at least once? He's like, when can we meet? When can we meet? When can we meet? And I have had like 10 other sponsors since then. And like, he's the only one, obviously about a year, but he's the only one. That, and, and why? Cause he, he called me like every, he called me every day. I don't need a guy to call me every day. I don't want to talk to you every day. But I mean, we, he, at the beginning, texted me every day. 
uh, was very adamant about meeting up every week and followed direction. Great four step. I was like, oh, here goes the four step. He's not going to do it. He's fucking writing the lines out, writing all the shit. He's texting me later. Is this right? Is this right? I'm like, oh, this is fucking great. And not only is it helping you, obviously, but like I'm leaving there feeling like Captain America just picked up the hammer at the in the last Avengers. I'm like, that's fucking fucking kidding me. This is fucking awesome. You know, it was it was a great feeling. And that's what was missing, you know, from my recovery the whole time. You know, I first came out here in 2011. Hope I see. I met you the second time around there. Um, you know, and and I'm going back to Connecticut, spent like five months in jail. Ugh. Came back out here again in 2013. You know, my initial problem was Oxycontin back when you could get it. You should drive from Connecticut to Florida, buy thousands of them. I was doing like, I ended up doing like 30 blues a day at one point. Um, you know, first couple detoxes were just like, get me out of here. This blows. You know, I'm going to go back to drinking and smoking weed. And, you know, and, and, and you know, your progression moves through. And, you know, my whole purpose now when I talk to people or, or sponsor guys, it's like, if, if someone can listen and not do all the things that I did or that we that we've done, then maybe we could save a life. Maybe I could spare you some misery. And, and surprisingly enough, like it's really difficult still, like some guy will call me like another sponsor will call me and be like, I'm about to do this, this, and this. I'm like, well, that's a terrible idea. You're probably going to relapse and maybe die. And the other person's going to be real pissed. And they're like, Oh yeah, but okay. And then it happens, and I'm like, oh, I'm back in detox. Man, all right. See you next time. See you tomorrow. You want to work together still? You know, so it's it's like frustrating, but it's also extremely rewarding. You know, and I've when I when I came out here in 2013, I came right from jail that time. So I spent like five months in jail, came out here, was managing that sober house with candy at Hope by the Sea. And what a beautiful opportunity, right? Right out of jail, right into fucking Laguna Niguel private room, bunch of nature's valley, granola bars everywhere. <laughs> shit was great. You know, we opened them, we were opening them in the living room without a care for the world. You know, just fucking crumbs everywhere. <laughs> and it was a good time. And I was able to survive on that alone for at least a year. I remember coming up to my first year, still not work one step, but I had enlisted the help of a sponsor for uh, appearances, you know, Nick S is a guy in this meeting sometimes. Um, and he did his damnedest. And we actually did get through some steps, uh, but I didn't really give it, you know, an earnest shot. I just got through it. So when I stood up and took like an 18 month or a two year chip, I could say like, yeah, we're the steps. You know, I want to be a guy that had like that notch, you know, that, that achievement. Um, it was not for the purposes that are intended. And that was completely different this time around, you know, and, oh man, this like psychic change. You ever hear the psychic change thing thrown out? What a beautiful thing. I'll probably cry before this is over. What time is this meeting over? 8.30? Yeah. Good. <laughs> I can talk until 10 p.m. Yeah. About that. You know, the psychic change. I never had the psychic change. I was always pissed. <clears throat> you know, I was in a house with Eric for a long time. He would come home and be all fucking spiritual and shit. I was a goddamn house manager. He's telling me what, how to run the house. <laughs> you know, I'm telling, I'm telling one guy to be home at 10 while I'm sneaking out. You know, he's like, I don't think, uh, what was the line? The famous line Eric said, he's like, I was like, oh, Eric, try to be home by like 10. He's like, listen. I don't think this house is ready for that level of accountability. <laughs> he shuts his door, goes in his room. I'm like, fuck, dude's right. <laughs> well, back to fucking next box. You know, and the, I was just not jealous, but I had seen all these other people 
getting these psychic changes. You know, I meanwhile, I had one year, two year, three year, four year. Things are good. I had a good job and a bunch of money. I had nice things. I thought that was cool. Um, my very pretty girlfriend. Ugh. But none of that shit really mattered in the end. And, you know, my reliance continued to be on external things. And that would become very evident, you know, during this initial stages of the pandemic when external things were not a factor. You know, I really relied heavily. And if you're doing this now, it's okay. You have time. But external things like uh, meetings, you know, going to the gym, playing softball with your sober softball friends, going to church, volunteering at church, um, even going doing panels and stuff. Anything except like sponsoring or, or getting to step 10, getting your men's done. You know, anything except that. Where's some other thing? You know, I get in a fight with my girlmate, go to the movies alone. I'm not going to go out and get high. I'll go watch a movie by myself. It was like one of my favorite things to do. Pull up to Sinopolis, get myself a ticket, order like a hundred dollars worth of food and sit up there like, like just a king. It's great. It's not real. You know, it's not satisfying. You know, your, your car doesn't keep you sober. You know, your, your fucking, that kind of shit doesn't work. You know? Yeah. It's nice, but it's not like you know, the be all end all. That kid relapsed after four years. I went down hard. I went to treatment again, came back, was not sober for like a year. Um, and then got sober again at a year, 18 months. And then last May would have been two years, but you know, I uh, relapsed before that. And then I went down hard. Uh, you know, the pandemic hit. Right. And I'm not even a pandemic guy. You know, I was just like, fuck this. I hate this. Stupid, but we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> You know, the, the reason I mentioned that is because everything shut down and, you know, what happened? I wasn't being a nice guy. I was not being a nice guy behind closed doors. You know, I, I had a nice girlfriend and I was not being like faithful to her um, and people that I was talking to women and stuff that I shouldn't be talking to. I was setting myself up for a huge disaster. You know, I see in recovery, like, don't be doing anything that you can't survive like, you know, if it's discovered, you know, as far as like the secrets are concerned, you know, and I had a couple of big ones and uh, I just was not the type of behavior that, you know, you should be doing, you know, when you're a sober man in recovery, you know, one of the things I always used to go and tell people, and now I say it now and I believe it because I do it, um, was like, Hey, when you're in sober living, use your own shit in the shower, you know, it starts there. Use your own fucking soap. If you don't have it, ask, you know, and then here I am like text them, like, girls on the side just for some fucking validation because I didn't even like my not even any attention to like meeting up but just like I needed that emotional you know validation you know spending money where I shouldn't spend lying about it um working in treatment too and thinking that was recovery that was a big thing for me I worked a lot of treatment I've probably gotten I've probably helped over 2,000 people the last eight nine years get into treatment you know I've I've done a lot of different jobs in treatment um I like the fact that we help some people but, you know, for me, I had a hard time equating that that's not recovery if you're getting paid. And it wasn't until this last round of recovery when my sponsor was like, if you ain't paid, it's not recovery. You know, so that's why after this relapse, I chose like a different path, a different career, um, make a lot less money. But, you know, I'm going to stay happy. And, oh, man, I just I cannot explain enough, um, you know, what went into this round of like humility and you know, the way that the book was broken down for me this time, uh, which is the way that, that we do it. You know, and I'm just so, I'm proud of you. 
I love you, man. You're doing great. This is such a fun. I've never had this. I've never had a sponsee take a year. Of course, I want to be like, oh yeah, it's all you, but it's all you. It really is all you. And yeah, I go home at the end of the day, and and it it fills me up with with joy. You know, it really gasses me up. I get home, I'm like fucking jamming the tunes on the way home. Like, yeah, fuck that kid. It's cool, great. Damn right. If anyone, if anyone bothers you, let me know. I'll fucking pound their ass. You know, that's that's the shit. That's the psychic change. The psychic change was when people asked me to speak and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And not just like, yeah, I'll be there, man. I'll be there. People ask me to speak. I'm like, fuck yes, speak. And not because I like hearing my sound, my own voice. I didn't even plan shit about what I was going to talk about. Oh, fuck, I got a cramp. Uh, you know, and I just came, sorry, I'm, I'm like all smelly and gross. I just came from boxing and uh, I just got my fucking face punched literally 50 times. It was just it was terrible, but that's what, that's what it takes. My nose and be all sore tomorrow. I stopped in the bathroom, get all the blood out of my nose. But you know, that's and that's something also. And this is probably this round that I've you know learned a lot about. You know, just getting in there and doing something new. But you know, the psychic change when someone asks you to sponsor them and you're just like yeah, and someone asks you to do a panel, you say like, yeah. You know, and then you leave those spots and you feel great, not because you got something hard done or out of the way but because you're you're helped someone else maybe you helped someone else maybe you instilled some knowledge into somebody that needed it you know right then and there you know and that's the magic sauce for me this time is the service really it's all about service and and just the constant connection to god you know and i don't like mentioning god because some people are like offended um and i grew up like an irish catholic so you know religion was like a weird thing growing up and i wasn't molested or anything it wasn't you know a tom hanks fucking movie it, you know <laughs> not tom hanks the other one uh michael keaton spotlight <laughs> I, it wasn't in spotlight just you know catholicism is fucking weird i'll be a, a seven eight year old kid on christmas day going to church i'm playing with my toys i don't want to go to fucking church sit on a wooden pew and watch someone who looks like they're opening the Ark of the Covenant in the fucking front of the church, dressed up like Indiana Jones, talking about shit I don't know. I don't know about the first letter of, letter of Paul to the Corinthians. Who cares about that shit? So I didn't really like religion, you know, and, and I had a hard time coming out here being like, God, this, God, that, you know, and, and really embarrassing was just this past year where I finally understood like a God of my understanding, you know, and someone that I can do business with, you know, and it's not Gandalf or, you know, whoever, some old guy with a white beard in the clouds, like zapping people. It's just, you know, it's just someone that I identify. So I can't even explain it, you know, and I have really, here's one thing that you should take with you. Cause I ramble a lot, but you know, they, there's a part in the book that says like, yeah, you gotta make the choice, right? God is either everything or he's nothing. And it's not a la carte. I mentioned that before. You can't do the, alloc- if you got the thing, okay, I like some of this shit. I want to stay sober. I'm going to take a look. No, nah, don't do it. This is one of those times where I'm telling you, don't do it. And if you do it, it's not going to work. A hundred percent chance. 99.9 because certainly freaks you guys out, but it's most likely not going to work. And, you know, the God thing is as far as like whoever it is, even when bad things happen, like just trusting that that's going to work out. You know, like my, my girl just let me move back in. I'm supposed to be happy. It was just my birthday. And then she's like, I'm all anxious. I'm like, all right, I understand. I get it. I wasn't a nice guy for a long time. But, you know, the ego part of me, the selfish part of me wants to be like, fuck, man, we just bought this house. Just gave you all this money. We just moved back in. I just turned 36, 37. I'm about to have an AA birthday. 
you should be baking cakes in here. <laughs> and she was like brave enough to tell me that she was like having some anxiety about me. And I had, before that, I was like sleeping there like four and five nights a week. So it wasn't like this huge thing. But my sponsor always says, what does God want you to be in that moment? And it always rings and it's fucking annoying. Because sometimes I want to be mad. Don't we want to be mad sometimes? Want to be angry with justifiable anger? How great is justifiable anger? <laughs> Some guy DMs my chick. I will fucking kill you. Where are you? Meet me right now. Happened over the summer. Guy didn't know. I fucking messaged him. I was like, meet me right now. I was like, come down here. You want to go to my boxing gym? You want to go to the street? I'm like, bro, it's happening. Get it through your head. I will fucking find you. I will batten down your door with a steel rod. And then after I said all that shit, I really fucked myself on that one because I had to call my sponsor. I'm like, I'm so mad. I don't know what to do. He was like, guess what? Guess what you have to do now? You have to fucking text that guy. <laughs> and you don't have to apologize, but you have to say, you know what? We're not going to fight. And I just want for you what God is doing for me in my life. And I just wish you the best goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought for like five minutes before I sent that text, I thought about... <laughs> Do I want to be in AA anymore? <laughs> like, how good would it feel to beat this guy up? He didn't know. Him, and I got this Brian over here telling me to. <sighs> and I did. Because, you know, we crave catharsis, right? That toxic energy is not good. You know, it's, it maybe fuels us up. It fuels the ego part of me. Where it's like, yo, I'm fucking training all the time. I'll murder. I'll twist that guy's head right off. That's the ego part. And then, like, we want that catharsis. It's like, oh. 37 years old, I get a fist fight with a guy in the middle of the middle of the street. We're gonna meet him at Ralph's. <laughs> Fucking attack him as he's going in with the cards. Like it's not cool. So I texted him. I texted him that. And he didn't say anything back. I was like, damn, I just look like a huge wuss. <laughs> Why do I even train? <laughs> and I got his message back the next day. Because God is everything in those situations and not nothing. I got a message back the next day saying, Hey, I'm so sorry, man. That was really disrespectful to me. I didn't know your situation and apologize. And I was like, and I cried. I was like, all right, that's cool. Sorry, I almost killed you. <laughs> and then I told my sponsor, he's like, that's the shit. That's the stuff in the program. And you know, and those little things. So like the justifiable anger, eh. What does justifiable anger feel? Ego. What are we doing when we're in ego? We're not, not in connection with God. That's really simple. You know, and yeah, we can't rely on these man-made things. They can help but they didn't do it for me, you know? And I always, I use that one analogy, right? From the HA meeting, like a year, two years ago, that was a good analogy. Man-made things can't save, it's gotta be a higher power. And you can have the book and you can have the sponsors and the sponsee, but the man-made stuff, which is good, you know, the meetings and, and um, go out to dinner with your friends and like being physically active and, and having positive relationships, those are good. But you need that connection at the end of the day. You know, at the end of the day, when you go home at night, you know, if you're not cool in here and cool upstairs, it may lead to anxiety, depression, secrets. And my analogy was the Marvel one, right? Man-made stuff. What is the strongest man-made thing in the Marvel universe, right? The hammer, Thor's hammer, right? And he had relied on that his whole, and he does the hero's journey, so it kind of ties in. When you fall and come back up. But he relied on that hammer, like his whole life. You know, and what happened in Thor Ragnarok? Anyone watch that movie? It's a good movie. 93 on Rotten Tomatoes. Just watch it. <laughs> First 20 minutes of the movie, throws it at his sister. She grabs it, crushes it like it was glass, Loki says. And he's just like, 
destroyed. And his reliance was on that man made thing. It actually ties in really well to recovery because what does God of, uh, what does Odin say, right? Later on, he's like, you got a hammers? He's like, there's a tool. He's like, yeah, it's come, power comes from within. And then he defeats and he completes the hero's journey only to get almost killed in the next movie. But <laughs> it's a great example. You know, so we have to have that reliance. And, and I feel like for the first time ever, actually, I feel comfortable saying that, that I have a trust in God. I don't feel like a fraud. Because when I used to say it before, I just feel like a fraud. Yeah, you gotta have well, yeah, five minutes left. Let me throw in the old God line. Get your God. Get him while he's hot. And now I, I feel like genuine about it. I feel good. Now I feel like he's a part of my life. He leads me in decisions. We're not always perfect. I don't always make best decisions. But as long as we make an earnest attempt to correct and to get those decisions right, you know, especially after you get through the amends portion, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. And, and this recovery stuff, I mean, listen, a couple more minutes about the science of recovery. It's a fucking miracle that you guys are in here. Miracle. Do you have any idea what goes on in your head, in the brain when you're shooting heroin? You know, Harvard did a big study on it a couple of years ago, finally, because when we were in treatment, it was like, oh, you got what? We got your addict gene and, blah, 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 and it fucking's on and it's off. And it's like, okay, whatever, get out of here. Five to 20% of your genes are affected and they turn. And where do they turn from? What's the main cause of addiction? Cortisol. What's cortisol? Stress. Where does stress come from? Trauma. It doesn't mean you have to be in the war or have seen your buddy blown up or get molested or beat up or just your own personal brand of trauma. Mine was just like, and that good family that I had, like I was alone. You know, I had a brother that died and I was fourth grade. And my parents just, you know, rescinded into the cornfield. Um, feel the dreams reference. And I was from fourth grade to when I went to college, I did all my own homework and no one gave me any advice on shit, not how to do anything, not how to talk to girls, not how to dress, buy clothes. All I did was get myself and play sports and fucking make my own lunges and get my, ride my bike back to school. It was, that was my little trauma. I didn't realize it until like last year. You know, so I had that trauma where my brain, when you have too much trauma, your brain forms new pathways. It doesn't want to exist like that. So you start to have these maladaptive behaviors, these new hardwired connections in your brain. Could start with like egging cars, smoking cigarettes, playing too many video games. Just kidding. He's really good. He gets paid to do it. So you're allowed. Um, once you introduce a substance, you know, what's the highest form of natural dopamine release? Anybody know? Highest form human act no that's a drug <laughs> having sex right is the highest right it's like working out a good movie talks with friends you know whatever it is but having sex is the highest form because it, it's your own body's giving procreation as the highest level of importance as our species all right so say the level is 200 for dopamine release when you blast a shot of heroin you get like forty thousand units release into your brain so your your limbic system immediately is like wow that's more important than all of those things we're going to bump it up to the top and it's just now you're a human meat sack that only exists to get fucked up because it's like this is this reward is more important than sex and food and all this other shit so we got to make our whole life about this so your limbic system which is responsible for uh 82 or 88 percent of all your subconscious actions it fights with your prefrontal cortex, which is your personality, your rationale, you know, your, your reasoning, your logic. It fights with it. And it's like, I'm going to use you to get what I want. That's why we lie to our parents. We're fucking pawning all our shit. Anyone old enough to pawn a digital camera? I did that once. They don't have those anymore. 
I did all, I took my mom's fucking bikes, weed whackers, all that stuff. You know, that's, you know, it fights with itself. So the fact that you guys are here, the you know, fact that you have that, your, your personality matrix, the shit wants to break back in. It, it knows it's wrong, but it has no control, you know? And, and the fact that you guys made that decision to like get back into detox or get back into a meeting, it's fucking miracle. It's beautiful. You know, so it's just like, hang on to that because your brain can heal. It's a wonderful organ. It'll heal itself if you continue to do the right thing. That's the one that fucks it up the most. That's why those Saturday night meetings are wild. But, <laughs> you know, you need to be practicing things like, um, you know, meditation or just prayer or just positive relationships. You stay away from like lies and deceit because not only is it shitty for your program, but it, it it's shitty for your brain. Like those positive things help soothe you lose actual gray matter in your brain when you're getting fucked up over enough period of time like the tissue in your brain is like fizzling away alcohol does the worst in benzos but it does happen with opiates and meth you know and, and you, know, you need to be doing that <clears throat> that healthy stuff you know and, it, and it's just it could be overwhelming right like it could be overwhelming i don't do this shit every day i gotta fucking work out every day I got to call like 10 people. No, you just have to not be an asshole at first. You just have to get a sponsor. That's what the sponsors are there for. You don't need to be your best friend, but there'd be there someone that's going to tell you what to do in a tough spot in terms of AA. You're not your therapist, but it's like in the AA realm, like what am I supposed to do here? You know, if you're in 30, 60, 90 days, you know what to do? Call your sponsor. You know, do I get this job? Do I hook up with this chick? Do I do this? Do I do No. Yes. Maybe. I don't know. Call somebody else. You know, they're there for a direction. You know, so I'll end with, uh, you know, I've been blessed to finally see, I can finally say like I've seen the light or whatever, but to finally just get someone that cared about me enough and the time that I had to sit down with them, you know, to get like a psychic change and to actually fucking want a mirror. I never thought it would happen. I always hated people. I could pretend I liked you. I really just want to get you the fuck out of there so I could go home and watch Netflix and eat Chick-fil-A. I don't want to be, I don't want any of your fucking problems. You know, when I post the fucking thing on Instagram, I want you to like it, but I don't like any of your shit type of guy. Yeah, you know, I never thought any of that shit would matter. And it matters now. And I can't explain how it happened other than some miracle process that after I made all my amends and stuff, Step 10, because that's what the promises say. Promises aren't after step three and your mom nails you a new pair of fucking Air Maxes in treatment. Promises are step 10. And then all of a sudden your life starts to change for the better. And you can't understand it. Why? Because it must be God. Oh my God. So fucking wild. So after step 10, like I started to think differently, see things differently. And things would affect me differently. My sponsor says this too. And you take this with you. One of the most spiritual things you can say is whatever. Whatever. Whatever the fuck ever. You know? All right, whatever. Fuck it, it's cool too. But hey, John, how are you? You missed the whole thing, you fuck. <laughs> Just kidding, I love you. John's a fucking miracle. You're the best. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do it all over for you later. But, but you know, whatever. All right. <laughs> I did literally different every time. I don't write shit down. So you know, whatever. You know, whatever. As long as it's not like super serious. You know, most of the eighty percent, eighty-five percent of things that happen. So, you know, like a red light, whatever. I'm five minutes late for work, whatever. Wake up early, you fucking degenerate. You know, oh, I spill coffee on myself, whatever. You know, just, you'll be better than the normal people who still fucking hate everything and everyone. Eh, you know, for me, it's masks, right? Eh, I got to wear in Costco for 20 minutes, whatever. Fine. 
right, whatever. You know, what am I going to do? Spend the rest of the day on Twitter fucking yelling at people? I've done that. <laughs> Literally, no one cares. I am 0 for 1,000 in trying to convince some fucking stranger on Twitter about my points on anything. And it could be like, who's the greatest basketball player of all time to, you know, is Wayfair selling kids in closets? You know, <laughs> I'm 0 for a million. I, I'll never, I'm convinced, I'll never convince anyone's shit. So now it's just like, whatever, that's a good euphemism for recovery just focus on your own shit you know someone asks you for something to help them out but i mean damn um i wouldn't change anything going back i'm super proud of you oh oh the, yeah so we're taking the fucking year on the same day and then we're done so we're like we're done we get through the steps we get through the steps ah, he goes i go you gotta start sponsoring people he's like all right so if you need a sponsor, he no fucking sponsor you still, but you know, and I was like, you gotta at least put your hand up at the meetings. And he's like, well, I just don't feel qualified, you know, because would you have like six months, right? Something like that. Yeah, Four. Yeah. And I was like, guess what, motherfucker? Me and you got this like the same sobriety day. <laughs> he's like, what? I was like, yeah. Did you know? He's like, no. I thought you had like five years. Let's see who cares. I'm just reading the book to you, man. It's just knowledge that I had, and you saved my life, and I helped you. No, so the, the timing is nothing. It was a cool story. It's great. I'll never forget it. I love you. And thanks for letting me come out and speak. I had a good time. Appreciate it. All right. Let's thank uh, both our speakers for coming out tonight. Thank you, gentlemen. Happy birthday.